Yeah, and we've also learned to look a little bit more at the whole body expression at the other person and see, oh, wow, he does look very stressed out. That's probably why he's answering so shortly. Okay, I'll leave him in peace. Mm-hmm. Giving you the benefit of the doubt that you had no malice in what you were responding back to me on a subject that was important to me and, or a question I asked and you're just like uh, in your own and I could see, gosh, yeah, gotta give him space, let him just finish what he's, what he's in. Welcome everybody to the podcast, Relationships, Let's Talk About It. I'm Prevo Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about Welcome to this episode of Giving Benefit of the Doubt. Yeah, I have a conversation with my wife, Rainbow. And we have a discussion about how that shows up in our lives. How do we give each other the benefit of the doubt? What were our challenges in giving each other the benefit of the doubt? You know, because that can be a hard one. Because if you haven't established a foundation of trust, if trust had been taken away, in your relationship, then it's hard to give somebody the benefit of the doubt that they're trying, that their intentions are not to hurt, that they didn't do it by malice. So when we're giving somebody the benefit of the doubt, we get to choose. We get to choose to believe if that person is a human being just making mistakes. We get to choose a situation to to see it in a positive light or in also a negative light? And can we also suspend our judgment to jump on somebody until we get all the information so that we can make a more informed decision? Like right now, I texted a friend of mine that I haven't talked to in many months. Usually that person texts me right back and I didn't get a response back yet. I wanna give the benefit of the doubt (laughs) that there's not something wrong that I didn't do something to piss them off the last time that uh, we had an encounter. And if I did, then I'll address it. Let's address it. So I don't want to carry around some story that may not be true. So I think it's a juicy subject. And I always enjoy when I talk with my wife on here and we are open and we disclose some things about our relationship so hopefully that helps you out too to see that I'm just a human being and my relationship is a human relationship and that we're just navigating in growth. Okay, and before we get on to the conversation, those of you who want to check me out on my website, prepo.com and sign up for my newsletters and you can get some of my latest projects that I will be presenting You can also learn more about my coaching practice, if that interests you, as well as my therapy practice. If you are inclined to support the podcast in a financial way so I can keep bringing this out to everybody free of charge and do it in a professional and production manner, you can support the podcast by going to prepo.com, hit the podcast page, and support the podcast with, <laughs> support the podcast, I like that, support the podcast with cash <laughs> to for a monthly donation or a reoccurring donation. And I'm not going to even edit that one out. No, I'm not. It is greatly appreciated. And of course, please share the podcast with people that you think will benefit from that. That is my first focus and desire is to help relieve some suffering that people might have or give them some insights and understandings and help us just be better humans, better partners, better parents, better friends, better coworkers. Yeah, 
so we can just make a better world. Okay, everybody, and you can check me out on Instagram at Prepo Toplitsky and also on Twitter. So here we go, a conversation with my wife, Ivana Rainbow, and we talk about giving benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. It's a slow, rainy Sunday, and we're in the studio. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good place to be up here when it's cold outside. Yeah, because you wouldn't have done this if the sun was shining. Nope. Don't want to waste a sunny day inside in the studio. <laughs> yeah. So, I love the subject, benefit of the doubt, because we've been on a journey of giving each other more and more benefit of the doubt over the years. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah, a long journey Mm -hmm. on working on this, for sure. Yeah. And there's so many thoughts are, for me, like even what is benefit of the doubt? So I I just want to, I want to read a couple definitions for you so that we can get on on a certain track here. One definition says, to give someone the benefit of the doubt is to default to the belief that their intentions are honest and not assume malice when there is uncertainty or doubt surrounding the circumstances. So to me, that's, that's a, if I don't know all the information and there's a lot of assumptions going around, what, what choice do I want to make? And I, I love that part of knowing that I have a choice to believe in Good intentions or bad intentions? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you have the example uh, a few years ago with your friend, Greg. Oh, yeah. I mean, just little things that come up for me around, I think I text him um, or send him a message and didn't hear from him for some weeks. And it turned out about a month, and that's, that wasn't usual. And after some weeks, I was thinking, hmm, what was our last encounter like? Like, was there something off? Is there something that's between us in the relationship that he's contemplating about? And I wonder, like, is that just a reflection of, am I thinking that? So I'm thinking that he's thinking that. (laughs) But when he did respond after a month and said, hey, man, sorry I didn't get back to you. We took a a, a month spur of the moment trip adventure to the mountains in the van with no cell reception and i mean like that was probably like number 10 down my list of what could have happened Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it was could i give the benefit of the doubt i remember you had been so worried about all (laughs) kinds of things and those were four long weeks yeah where you came up with all kinds of scenarios to why he was ignoring you well yeah, but also ignoring, but also I went even to a little bit, because again, that wasn't norm for us. Mm-hmm. And even th- the worry, the worry part, is there something wrong? Something happened to him that he's not communicating with me? Like, well, I think I would know his brother would tell me. or But my mind would go there. And I think many, many people can relate of how we go to worst case scenarios so that we can protect ourselves yeah it is interesting how we so quickly can jump to conclusions and then one week it's one conclusion then another week goes on and there's another conclusion it was interesting to observe you there and what a relief when he came back to you yeah and it's so interesting how that doesn't show up so much in our relationship around communication. Like if you don't return a text or if uh, I don't hear from you, I don't think I, I don't, I don't get freaked out unless you say like, Hey, I'm going to be home in an hour and it's four hours later. Like that, that to me is around respect too. Can I give you the benefit of the doubt that you just kind of forgot? Nah, I don't like that. <laughs> Because I want you to have consideration for me and just let me know. At least you're thinking about me. 
you know, of how I'm affected by you being three hours late or something. Yeah, like that. and we've had a little process around that. When I go into town, I'm gone for the whole day, shopping and hiking and whatever. And uh, I'm just in my own bubble, in my own world. I forget all about home and you, and I'm just expecting everything to be fine back home here. And I also forgot to to tell you, oh, I wasn't coming home for dinner. So we have had these processes and you telling me how that felt. Yeah. And me learning to give you a heads up. Hey, I'm going to grab a bite in town. Yeah. I'm going to stay a little later if a few hours more go. So you're not nervous. And and again, it's just not just nervous. It just give me consideration that I know, okay, we're not going to have dinner yet. So I'm not going to wait for you. I get to make my own food. You know, just yeah, that no, part. Oh, I, is, I think it's, you know, yeah. perfectly right. Yeah. And so it was a short period where there was a little worry there and we talked about it and, and cleared it out. And, and you said to me, all you need to do is give me a heads up. Are you coming home for dinner? Are you staying till eight or 10 in town? Uh, just to have an idea. You can stay as long as you want to. And I feel the same with you. Yeah. And I think that's part of the giving of the benefit of the doubt, I know for me, has been based on the moments and moments and years and years of us giving goodwill and admiration and fondness and appreciation. Because then if I see you in that light, it's going to be so much easier. And it is easier to give you the benefit of the doubt in all kinds of areas. Even when we're arguing, giving you the benefit of the doubt that you're not just attacking me, you're, you know, in my mind, or that you're expressing yourself, that you're trying to get me to hear something more, or if if it's in a grumpy way to give you the benefit of the doubt that, hey, are you, are you stressed or are you not feeling well? We're better at doing that with each other over the years because I think of the, the foundational focus and expression of goodwill and admiration and appreciation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've also learned to look a little bit more at the whole body expression at the other person and say, oh, wow, he does look very stressed out. That's probably why he's answering so shortly. Okay, I'll leave him in peace. Mm-hmm. Giving you the benefit of the doubt that you had no malice in what you were responding back to me on a subject that was important to me and, or a question I asked and you're just like uh, in your own and I could see, gosh, yeah, got to give him space. Let him just finish what he's, what he's in. Yeah. I, I love that we're doing that more to each other because the more that we spend time with each other, there's more times of interaction of us talking when one of us says, hey, you know, didn't you hear what I said? Or I told you this already. And maybe there's a back and forth. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Can you give me the benefit of the doubt that, okay, I thought I heard it. You've been talking to me for 28 years and I missed one sentence. (laughs) Can you give me the benefit of the doubt that I thought I heard it, but I didn't. Or I only heard half of it. Of all the times that we communicate, man, it's so hard to like get all of it. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, it happens to both of us where we're listening with a half ear to the other one <laughs> and then didn't really get it all. And then when we're kind of examined a few days later or so on the subject, it's like, uh-oh, I didn't fully listen. <laughs> and it happens to both of us, so that's also why it's easier to give the benefit of the doubt there. Yeah. Because we can relate to it. Yeah. And realize, okay, is this important to listen to right now? So we're learning from that. It's like, okay, do I really need to sit and look down at my phone while he's talking also? Can I just put it away for a second and actually listen to what he's saying? And finding out what the subject is. And if it's not a good time for me, I can talk back and say, well, can we talk about this in half an hour or so? Instead of just listening with half an ear, that is disrespectful. Yeah. And then get caught. 
right. days later. <laughs> days later, or just even after of like... That I didn't really listen. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you ask that one question and you're waiting to see if you really heard me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We're also having some fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. But I do, I do think it's so important that we, again, choose that thinking that the person had more positive intention than negative intention. I've, I have all the positive intention to want to hear what you have to say. There's just some things that sometimes I go into a different direction or I thought I could put that voice down, that voice or that thinking process, and it just pops up and it interrupts what you're saying in my mind and that's just being present right it's just more and more working on just being present in the world and um and we give each other the benefit of the doubt because we know i know that you are trying to do that more and more in your life i'm trying to do that more and more in my life is being present and so when we're not with each other uh, giving benefit of the doubt is uh is right there but what do you think about people that that if if you and I had an experience that we weren't doing this, that, you know, when I'm saying I'm going to be late coming home and I'm going to be running some errands, that if I lied to you in the past about what I was doing, it would be hard for you to give me benefit of doubt that what I'm saying is I'm running errands before I come home, right? Yeah, I think it would, honestly. Yeah. But I'm so lucky I don't have that past with you where you were lying. But I would imagine if someone had lied or had an affair or, you know, did something, ooh, that would be hard to believe the words then when when that person is suddenly not coming home for a couple of hours, not saying something about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, um, it's a hard one for most people there's a degree around that time of infidelity of, yeah, you didn't, you lost my trust. And so I'm going to have to, I can't give you the benefit of the doubt that you're on your phone and that you may be not contacting that person. So what happens sometimes is people need to constantly ask, what are you doing? Who are you talking to? People monitor their phones to build trust. But if that doesn't go away in a period of time, I don't know what that period of time is for some people, but if it doesn't and you don't start giving people the benefit of the doubt, if you don't give your partner the benefit of the doubt, then trust can't be can't be alive in the relationship, can't start. So. Mm-hmm. And I can understand it's going to take a period of time and where the the other part have to kind of keep checking in and keeping the partner accountable. Um. Yeah, and hopefully with the help of a therapist too, to open up the communication, to be more honest and open. Yeah. But it, it's going to take its time. It's not just going to go away with the wave of a hand. We'll take work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has that ever happened to you where somebody in your life took away um, trust to a degree that it was hard for you to... Give them the benefit of the doubt. Any mm. I don't think so. I'll have to think about that a little bit more because it's not just on my mind. Yeah. If something like that yeah. happened, maybe I would have told you about it. Um, maybe there was way back in my past, but it's not at all in my forefront and not really in my nature either yeah. to hold on to such stuff. <laughs> it's amazing you don't but it's in the little things that that happen in our relationship that we both are really working on and giving it focus like the other what was it last weekend with your eyeglasses and and how that came up oh yeah we were sitting out in the garden you were moving some wood and then we were having a break together at the table outside it was nice weather and I had my glasses out there, and I was knitting, have my knitting bag, and yeah. And you did a little work for me, too, cutting down a little tree. And then we were going inside, and I couldn't find my glasses. Yeah. And I was like, did you take my glasses? And I was like, nope. But uh. I, I said it in a nice way, though. 
and like just asking first, because that's the first step. And then I was walking around looking for them. This is really strange. I can't find my glasses. And I could hear on my voice that I was beginning to doubt you, <laughs> that it, you must have taken those glasses. Honestly, don't you think you could have used them out in the garden and you, they're still out there and you left them out there? And I was kind of expecting you to go out and look in the garden for them. Could you feel that? Yes, I could. Yes, I could. I could feel that part of you that was like, I don't know, are you sure you didn't have the last, that your fingers weren't on those glasses the last yeah. time? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I started feeling that energy a little more. And, yeah. yeah, even though I really tried to not allow it to come up, but I could feel it and it annoyed me. But it was very, very light, but still peeking his head up. So then 24 hours go by and I'm... Looking into my knitting bag, and what do I see? There was my precious glasses. Oh, I felt, oh no, I gotta definitely go in and give him an apology right away. Well, it's great that you realized that you gave me some energy around that, so that you weren't giving me the benefit of the doubt, that you were a little bit accusatory, and that you recognized that you were, you were doing it, and that's that's why I love that you came to me and you apologized. And and it's so much easier for me to give you benefit of doubt when you're doing that stuff. You know, all I say, thinking that I'm doing something that I'm not or and uh, took something that I didn't. When you have more empathy or even at times remorse when you need to apologize, I'll, I'll trust you more. And I do, I trust you more when that happens. I just trust that you're working on things, that you're not doing anything out of malice to me. And I think that's so important for people to realize too. Mm -hmm. And I also want to say that, I don't know, was it maybe a year ago we began to notice that we were giving each other energy when there was something we couldn't find and that it actually was annoying us that we were giving energy and we began talking about it and bringing it up and saying that I actually don't want to give you this energy and it simply just comes up automatically that I'm accusing you for not finding my socks or my glasses or my cheese or whatever or a treat that I'd been hiding and then it must have been you eating it and like, and yeah, we were just observing that and talking about it and how bad it felt. And also about, I mean, even judging others too and how we don't like that. It doesn't feel good. And it have really helped that we have talked more about this, especially after an incident where we have accused the other of something and coming back and said, wow, it doesn't feel good at all to accuse you for this, and I really want to change this habit. I really want to change the habit in general of uh, judging others for little things here and there. Yeah, because it doesn't feel good. You're right. The, the, the vibration inside and the thoughts afterwards, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel good. Yeah, it's, Corey and I were having a conversation over dinner last week, and he was talking about wanting to just really monitor and having right, right thought, right mind, and then right action. And I love that, that, you know, um, it's kind of like a Zen expression, you know, right mind, right action. And so, you know, having, watching our thoughts and, and wanting to not go down alleyways that we know we have a choice. How do we want to be in our thoughts of non-judgment, giving more tolerance, and kindness and and that's been expanding between us and those awarenesses of just that little energy to give that other person of if I love you and care about you and want to express that in my everyday interactions I got to be cognizant of the things that I'm doing that's not getting me that and things like not giving you benefit of the doubt is definitely part of that or um some of it may be, you know, when I like, oh, she took this, she did that. 
So I don't want to face the fact that I could have made a mistake or like that I really don't know where the fuck I put something and um and that's part of it. So instantly I don't want to feel that shame. So I'm gonna put it onto you. you know? mm. And we have noticed that at least also in this last year, that there are things we can't find more and more. Maybe it's because we're too much up in our heads. Maybe we're filling our heads with too much information. I don't know. But we, we're making light of it because it's not just one of us. I remember there was a time you were worrying if I maybe was having a, what's it called when you lose the memory? Like an Alzheimer's type. Yeah. 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 You're beginning to worry if I had that. So, and you were expressing that in fun ways now and then when I couldn't find something. And then you began to could not find this and not that and came, was walking out to your car in the morning to go to work and then coming in to get something. Then it was your phone and then going out again, maybe even driving a few minutes down the road and then coming back because you forgot something <laughs> else. And... I just began to notice, wow, it's happening to you too. Mm. And we were just making light of it and and laughing and saying, well, there is a lot going on in the world too. So, you know, it all affects our nervous system as well. And um, yeah, it's not just whole peace and love all the time. We get affected by the world situation and um, and the clarity of mind offer where's this and where is that yeah <laughs> yeah i'll fed it and go with the flow yeah because you know i mean we're going to be hitting 60 this year you're uh 63 right now and um probably it's not going to get more and more clear as the years go on there's going to be a little more opaqueness or vagueness or not um yeah. Yeah. So isn't that also giving each other the benefit of the doubt in a way of of allowing this? Oh well, he can't find his socks right now. Well, I'll give some suggestions where those socks can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or even you know the part of um, I was helping you look for the glasses too. Mm-hmm. You were. I was just about to say that. You were. It felt really mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. that you did. Why? Yeah. Why did it feel good that I did? Because you could see how I was a little distressed that I couldn't find those glasses. And, yeah, um, I I felt cared for and acknowledged that you could see that I really would like to have those glasses. So you did, you know, stop looking down on your phone and, and get up and look around in the room. And that just made me feel so good and cared for. Hmm. So thank you for that, lovey. You're welcome, baby. It had nothing to do with either that I want to try to find them so I could say, aha. <laughs> no. <laughs> there, I told you. It would, wasn't me. <laughs> would you have liked that? No, I would have. Well, some sure. part of you in, in, would. In, a, in another world, in another reality, absolutely. You no, know, some but. part of you would have liked that. <laughs> Look, they're right uh, here. Yeah. But we also tease yeah. each other a yeah. little bit with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I do I do think that there is these little things that can pile up. And if it, they're not looked at and reflected on and worked through in a connecting way, boy, they can really wreak havoc. I, you know, most of the time that I really realize that people, you know, it's, a, it's a, that saying, a thousand cuts, you know, a small cuts is what severs something. And when couples are having a lot of problems and are on the brink of of separating and divorce, there's so much over the years. And some of it is uh, attributed to not giving each other the benefit of the doubt, less and less and less. Even the benefit of the doubt that you're trying to get healthier or, you know, to a partner, or benefit of the doubt that you are really trying to work on an addiction or the benefit of the doubt that you are working on not being angry you know, and, and um, it's an important part. Yeah, and I mean, what can people do if they realize that 
they're in this pattern and it had been going on for years. Yeah, awareness is great, you know, to be aware that this is what we're doing. You know, we're, we're, we don't have trust, you know, that's, that's the foundation. When you're not giving each other the benefit of the doubt, you don't have trust. But also, you know, around perfectionism, I think it's important to see if one or both have a tendency towards perfectionism. Because if we have that, we're not going to give that person the benefit of the doubt or give us the benefit of the doubt ourselves. We're going to, you know, make sure that, that it had to be just right, just perfect. Why didn't you do this? You should have done this. Instead of giving the person benefit of the doubt of like, like, there's times where you would ask me to go get something. This is typical for a guy. Go get, you know, four eggs, da 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 and you would give me a list or you would tell me stuff. And inevitably, I would forget something on the list. And some of it was I just forgot. I had a full day, want to get the stuff, got an hour drive home, want to get home, and I'm not present. And I know sometimes it's disappointing not having an ingredient but also benefit the doubt that, hey, I didn't intend to not get it and get you angry. <laughs> I just forgot. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I would be annoyed, of course, over that well, back then. Rightly so, and then I an realized I had to leave my messages for you very clear, extremely clear down, but to very, very short details as well. Exactly. So it wouldn't overwhelm you. Just text me that list. And that helped, totally helped. Yeah, what was so hard? So I had to become more clear. What was difficult would be when, when you might uh, like, we would talk and you would tell me one thing, or then tell me another, and then ten minutes later, add something else. It's like, oh man, if you can just give it to me just in one shot, <laughs> I'll have a bad chance of remembering it. Yeah. So we were working it out, and it took some time. You know, it took months before we got to a system where I realized that I was overwhelming you with information and you couldn't have it that way. I had to do it very simple and short and at a time where I had eye contact with you. (laughs) Digital. Give it to the robot in a simplistic way. Yes. Well, I think sometimes that just really helps for me when there's so many things that are nuanced and complicated. Sometimes, like, just give it to me straight. I'll remember if it's straight. <laughs> you know, just, right now, just give me some of the the important aspect of it, and then we can talk about more of the detail later. Yeah, mm-hmm. that can help, definitely. You know, I was just thinking, though, that there's, there's something about another level of, like, benefit of the doubt. I think benefit of the doubt, um, when you're really working on it, it shows up in conflict. Are you giving each other the benefit of the doubt in conflict? Um, that's when a lot of transformation I know happens for us. Like last weekend when we had guests over and um, you were you were speaking and I interrupted twice. <laughs> and, and you um, paused and you said, hey, you're interrupting me again. And what else did you say after that? Because right, right there, right there, when you said that, it was part of me like, oh shit, oh no, I'm being called out in front of our guests, and um, like the feeling of embarrassment. But the way that you said it, and the clarity of it, and also that you were right, I was interrupting you, and you wanted to finish. I don't need to interrupt then. Um, it enabled me to like give benefit of the doubt a little bit like you're not attacking me you're not you're not embarrassing me i just feel embarrassed because i want to be seen in a good positive light from you all the time i want want you to say that in front of everybody (laughs) but i know (laughs) (laughs) but i know i'm human and that was the part of my humbleness of like yeah she's right i'm interrupting and and uh i didn't react back i don't know yeah you're right and you said you said and we're working on this you said it to, to the other people. and like, yeah, we are. We're working on the interruption when we interrupt each other. And and uh, so there was a benefit of the doubt in that conflict. Like, I gave you the benefit of the doubt in my own mind that you weren't, you weren't uh, trying to embarrass me, be mean, criticize me in front of others. And the way that you did it really helped me not have that, that mm-hmm. thought. 
And I want to add to that that I was speaking and telling a story, and you interrupt it. And I can have a hard time getting back on track when I get interrupted. And in the past, my tendency have been to then just shut my mouth and let the other one take over. And um, I don't want that anymore. And we have been working on that. And we have been working on that tendency of interrupting each other. And um, I just really wanted to finish the the explanation I was doing to to the people we had visiting us right there and what I was telling. And you come in and want to tell your part. And I'm like, and yeah, I said it really eloquently because it was not about you. It was about me telling this story right now. Oh, and you even said that. You said. It's not about you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I did that in the first interruption. Then you interrupted me again. And then I said, you're interrupting me again. And we are working on this because I didn't want to embarrass you in front of them either. And I thought by saying, and we're working on this, it's like, yeah, let's admit we're working on that we interrupt each other. We don't have to be upset and scream and shout about it when it happens in public like that or when it happens whenever. But... um yeah, and, and you finally got it the second time you interrupted. Oh, yeah, you're right. We are working on not interrupting each other when the other one is having a flow going. And that, that was an inspiration for the other couple because the, the woman partner, she looked at the man and she said, hey, yeah, you do that a lot too. Yeah, <laughs> she kind of interrupted and said and pointed at him, hey, we have that too. Uh, and I think that was good. Yeah, yeah. And he admitted, he was, yeah, yeah, I do that. But he said, but I'm trying to get better. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I, I would also say we were role models right there. Yeah. We we're not denying that there is this issue about interrupting each other and that we are loving each other even when it happens and just reminding the other, hey, you interrupted me again. Let me just finish what I was talking about. And did you give me the benefit of the doubt in any area of, of like, hey, he's not trying to shut me down. He's not trying to shut me up. He's not trying to just upstage. W was there any benefit of the doubt when I interrupted and, and then, um, you know, didn't react back? Well, I know you can get so excited about the subject that you just want to, uh, break in and I add get, another detail. I get excited about you, baby. That's what I get excited about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's when when you're talking. I want to just. I want to. Yeah, I know it was a subject you really like as well. Yeah. That I was talking about. So that's why you wanted to interrupt, but I really wanted to finish it. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm glad you put up that boundary. That was a good boundary in the way you did it. Um, that really. It was good feedback. And, and, you know, it's interesting of, of going back and reflecting because I, I, I love that we do that well. And I think that that's a, a hallmark of what people need to do to, in their growth of their relationship is they got to go back and reflect upon uh, something that happened in different ways, whether it's, hey, did we give you the benefit of the doubt? Did we give each other the benefit of the doubt? Or was there another part of, do we have to look at, were we just trying to be right? You know, and that that uh, multi-angled reflection really lets us see our patterns more and also how to work better together. Mm -hmm. And I was actually wondering if you felt ashamed of me closing your mouth right there in front of three other people. And I was kind of expecting you to bring up the subject later that evening, and you didn't. It was a few days later when we were out on a walk that you brought it up. 
but not le- really directly to me. We were meeting their son, and uh, he was asking, how did it go with my parents? And you were, you were laughing and saying, well, uh, we had a fun little incident there uh, where I interrupted Rainbow, and your mom said, yeah, I experienced that too. You do that too to your dad. So, so we had a little laugh about that, and that's when you brought it up. And I'm glad you brought it up with humor. Yeah, it, it was percolating with me. I was going to just find some time, you know, to talk about it. And we're talking about it now. So that's, that's probably part of it too, is, is I needed also digestion and reflection of it because, you know, even though there was a part of me that, like you said, do, you know, do I feel ashamed? Um, you know, again, there was a part that came in, an old part that came in that I could go down that road and felt embarrassed but there was another part of me that wanted to just step up and like be cool about it and understanding. And, you know, that's the part that I love of myself and that I did that. I felt good about myself that, yeah, I, just, I looked at you and went, yeah, you're right. And it was quiet, didn't huff and puff, didn't look away. Um, and so it was also an inspiration, hopefully for others that, that were looking and seeing it, that I didn't react in a negative way. And that you and I can have honest feedback to each other, even in public. And mm-hmm. we give each other the benefit of the doubt that, yeah, you're not not loving. You're just um, giving me a dose of, of reality that you need and want. I saw it, you handle it really well when right there on the spot, the way you reacted of just closing your mouth and smiling. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you're right. Because you could have reacted in various different ways. Like I used to, yeah. Like Shutting what? Down. I shut down, stole wall, or, you know. Um, Looking hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe not talking to you for a while afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And other people could, if it wasn't you sitting right there, could have reacted in some other ways too. Like, what do you think they could have reacted like there? Um, like being upset right at that spot and saying, hey, you're embarrassing right, me right now or something like that. Yeah. I could imagine yeah. that a partner would have reacted with. Or walked out. A lot of people just get up and walk away. They don't know how to confront it. Yeah, maybe word. they're so embarrassed they like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. Embarrassed, but also maybe holding it like, I don't want to get into it because if I do... It's gonna be ugly. So some part of it is taking care of themselves. Yeah, where they, they maybe leave. can feel the anger, the upset come up, and they quickly just leave the room to mm-hmm. get a grip on themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or there can be um, a response back, a reaction back of sarcasm or digging the other person. You hurt me, so I'm going to say something hurtful to you, and that yes. comes out come, yeah. come out passive aggressive too. Instead of, you know, choosing again a belief that the other person wasn't um, malicely. But, you know, the, the challenge to that too um, is people do do it malicely to others or they do it even un- unthoughtful. They don't even think and consider the way that they're going to, let's say, criticize somebody or give feedback or, or in, you know, what the way that you did it. A lot, some people will um, not consider doing it in a positive way. It's like, because we even talked about, like, there's a possibility that you could have years ago said, hey, you're interrupting me. You do that all the time. And that really hurts. I don't like that. You had to put up a boundary strong back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I wasn't so used to put up boundaries. And then when my cup was so full and overflowing of being interrupted or whatever it was, I would come out really strong in putting up my boundaries for you and... I could maybe not even care if there was anyone around and just put it up really strongly and say, put you in your place and shut up. <laughs> uh, and we would have energy. Yeah, we would have strong energy there. And the people would feel uneasy who was witnessing it. I mean, that could happen back in the past. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't feel good, and we don't want that. So we're also talking with each other about that. And 
we're talking about, well, how can we do it differently? And we're also each other's best friends. So we're bringing it up and say, I really want to change this habit of reacting like that. So I brought that up to you and you gave me some feedback on how I could change that. And I brought up to you also, and we've given each other feedback on how we can change it. We talked about judging others, judging little things. And gosh, it can become such a habit. And not only is it annoying, but it drains energy. And also to witness the other person judge someone else, just to listen to it without engaging is still taking away my energy, and I don't like it. So I just don't want to be witness to judgment of others anymore. Mm. So I'm practicing that, saying, I'm not open to hear this right now. Actually, not open to hear this subject. Talk to someone else about it if you need to. Mm. Oh. I want to practice that. Mm. To my, my acquaintances who bring stuff up. Yeah, it's good to practice it in areas that we're less vested into, like acquaintances. Mm -hmm. um, I love that you're focused on that. That's what I love when you share, you know, something like that. Of, um, I, uh, I have more and more dimensions of respect and admiration for you and I know that you're working on yourself like that and how you want to be true to yourself. You're, it, I love it when you share it because it's an inspiration to me to be able to to reflect am I doing that in, in areas of my life and being genuine. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I have some other good role models too, some friends who are very good at putting up their boundaries and say, I simply don't want to go down that lane there. I don't want to talk about this subject. or I don't want to talk about a person who is not present. And I just love when people say that without a strong intonation or anything, just saying with it, the daily voice, I just don't want to engage in that. And that have been my role models. I have some friends who are really good, really clear about that, and I like it. Uh, I remember in the beginning, in the early days, when they would say something like like that to me if I had complained about someone or bitched about someone, and they're like, I hear you, but I don't really want to talk about that person in that way. I was like, wow, you're right. I don't really want to either. Hmm. And I thought, I was brave and clear and authentic and truthful, and I wanted to be like that too. So in some way you were giving them the benefit of the doubt when they said that, that they weren't criticizing you, they weren't putting you down or judging you. They were owning, I don't want to go there. And Yeah, even yeah. though it stung a little bit because I felt a tiny little bit ashamed that I had talked about another person in a negative way to them. I also was like, absolutely right. And yeah, I guess that is benefit of the doubt. And I've noticed in myself in about maybe the last six months when I'm talking to certain friends or family members, or actually I should say when they are talking to me and bitching about someone, criticizing someone, and they're going down that lane, da-da-da-da-da-da, and I'm just seeing myself how I'm like, oh, where is this going? This is kind of boring. I can feel my energy being drained. This is not interesting. And then as soon as I can, I find a way to almost interrupt. But when they're kind of coming to an end of sentence or so, and I'm saying, I'm really interested to hear how you are feeling about this. I would say something like that to bring it back to the person and her feelings because it's her I'm sitting and having this conversation with, not this, I almost feel like the third person 
because in a way she's just speaking aloud to this person who is not in the room and I'm there witnessing it and I would rather just have a one-on-one -on -one engagement with her and how she's feeling. So I bring it back now and I, I, I just feel in this last six months or so I don't really have more time for such bullshitting there. Mm. And so I'm, I'm, I feel I am cutting in in a very, uh, what would you say, um, I do it kindly, respectfully. But it's also respect for myself because I don't want to sit and waste my time on listening to someone's process with a person who's not there and has nothing to do with me. I can't really use it to anything anyway. So, and I've just noticed when I do that, that the other person also don't really want to go down that lane actually and feel grateful that I brought her back to the now where we're right here. And the opportunity for her to tell you how she feels and to find out how she feels. Yeah, it's much more interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good that you're doing that more often. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it feels better. Mm. Not waste time on bullshit. Yeah, there's times I I do that, of course, in my in my work. It's like bringing back to how that person's feeling, not the story that they're talking about the other people. Um, but it's, yeah, it's like bring it back. I'm interested in what you're feeling and thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And people feel really seen and heard that way. Yeah. And again, I think when there's more honest and genuine interactions like that, then um, it could build and build more trust, the foundation of trust, which leads to this topic of just more benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Hey, lovey. Well, this was good. <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing this with me. Yeah, I enjoyed this conversation with you. Good. I love you, sweetie. Love you too. Mm -hmm. Relationships. Let's talk about it. Is a production of Heartshare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more about licensed counselor Prepo Teplitsky, visit prepo.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling or therapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Thank you.